0: Good afternoon. I'm Ian Snow-Carpenter for Live One Radio. We have a special guest, DeRoy Murdoch, here with us. And DeRoy is an American journalist and contributor to Fox News and other news organizations. Welcome to the program, DeRoy. Ian, great to be with you. Thanks for having me on. Thank you very much for talking with us. I think this is a great opportunity for people. Uh, especially in New York, to learn about a resolution that was passed uh, not too long ago, last year, I believe. Was it last year uh, Chapter 46A was passed?
1: Yes, this was uh, passed by the New York City Council on December 9th of last year. Right.
0: So can you please tell us about what this resolution, Chapter 46, is and also the resulting law- lawsuit that you're a participant in with the public – is it public uh, – let me get that. What is the uh, full sure. name? It's, for-
1: it's the Public Interest Legal Foundation, uh, and that was founded by um, uh, Jay Christian Adams, who is a well-known advocate, in fact, one of the best and most effective advocates for election integrity in the country. Uh, he was a former Department of Justice uh, official in the voting section – and since he left uh, the DOJ, he's been uh, advocating for filing lawsuits uh, on behalf of and otherwise pushing election integrity. And uh, he's very effective at doing that and has had a wide number of uh, court decisions all across the country that have uh, strengthened uh, the opportunity for people to vote at the polls and, and expect that their uh, properly cast ballots will be counted and improperly cast ballots will not be counted.
0: Right. And I think that this is, uh, I guess it's always been popular ever since voting has begun. But for me, in my lifetime, it seems like this issue is becoming um, of an interest of more and more people, of a concern might be a better word, that we do everything we can to have uh, integrity in the elections.
1: Yeah, I think there are more and more people very concerned uh, about all sorts of shenanigans. At the polls, I mean, uh, going from the most innocent, I guess maybe the most uh, notorious, uh, it used to be election day. Now it's election month or election quarter. Uh, There were people voting in the presidential election in 2016 uh, who were voting absentee and voting at home. Uh, This is way before COVID, by the way. And they were voting in 2016. uh, I believe it was not long after Labor Day. So this would be probably September 12, 15, somewhere in there. Uh, And they were voting for President of the United States before... Hillary Clinton and Donald J. Trump had done their first debate. I think that's just appalling. I mean, you ought to listen to all the debates, watch the ads, wait for all the news to pass, and once that happens, then go to the polls and vote. I think it should happen on Election Day, which is the first Tuesday after the first Monday in November, Uh, but we've gone well past that. Now people are voting for weeks and weeks of early voting and so on. So that's uh, sort of at the more innocent end. Uh, We've had mass uh, mass, uh, mail-in ballots sent out largely due to COVID in many, many states around the country. This happened in 2020. uh, And people were getting ballots who didn't even ask for ballots, people who might have been perfectly happy to vote on Election Day. Instead, we're getting ballots at home, uh, these ballots were reaching people who had uh, uh, homes where people had moved away. Uh, people who died were getting ballots. I know a friend in uh, New York City here where I live who used to be from Las Vegas. She spoke to her parents and even though she 'd been in New York for I think five or six years, there were uh, ballots landing in her in her parents mailbox. Uh, I spoke with someone in Las Vegas who was getting ballots at his apartment building for people who had moved away or been deceased or whatever it was. And these ballots were just being left in the uh, mailroom and, and, and falling on the floor. Some of them were on the, on the sidewalk. People were throwing them in the garbage. And you hope that people just tore them up and dumped them. I'm sure some people, I'm not sure, but I suspect some people might have picked them up and well, let me fill that, fill in this ballot and uh, cast another ballot or two or three or five or who knows how, how many uh, for their uh, other candidates of choice. And so we've completely lost track of uh, which ballots are going where. Uh, Then we've got another step in this, which is uh, cleaning the voter rolls. The motor voter law, which is signed by Bill Clinton, says that the uh, voter rolls must be cleaned. It's a requirement. They must be cleaned every uh, X amount of time to make sure people who've moved away or died or whatever it is are not on the the voter rolls. Well, uh, when Rick Scott was the governor of Florida, he actually abided by this and was busy uh, trying to uh, uh, clean up the voter rolls and then actually sued by the Department of Justice under uh, Attorney General Eric Holder. And Eric Holder's contention was that uh, the um, effort to clean the voter rolls in, uh, according to federal law, abiding by the federal law, somehow violated the uh, uh, Voting, right, Voting Rights Act of uh, 1965 and uh, maybe even the Civil Rights Act of sixty four. And so the Department of Justice was preventing Florida from cleaning its voter rolls uh, even though they were required to do so under federal law. I can't think of any logical reason that could take place other than Eric Holder and Obama's Department of Justice wanted to make vote fraud easier rather than harder. Um, and then I think on the most notorious end, you've got numerous instances where you've got uh, people stuffing ballot boxes, as we saw in the uh, film by Dinesh, uh, Dinesh D'Souza, 2,000 Mules. Uh, people, And we've got this on videotape, people walking up to these um, uh, ballot drop-off Boxes which we saw in 2020, which had no supervision, nobody watching them. They did have cameras on some of them. And on camera, we saw people walking up to these uh, uh, drop off boxes and, and stuffing in, uh, you know, five, six, seven, ten, who knows how many ballots uh, into these uh, ballot drop boxes. There was one uh, individual in uh, suburban, uh, greater Georgia, greater Atlanta, I should say who visited, I think it was, it was 27 different drop boxes in a 24-hour period, uh, dropping off ballots, all of them. Now, either this person has a lot of relatives who couldn't make it to the polls, and for some reason he thought he needed to drop off these ballot boxes, uh, these uh, ballots in these drop boxes, 28, 27 or 20 different ones, or this guy was up to no good. I tend to think it's the latter. Uh, so people across the country have a lot of reasons to be very suspicious about our elections, and if we could just get them up to the standard that exists in certain Uh, third world countries where you have to show ID and after you voted you put your finger into a little uh, inkwell so your finger is purple and you show up at the polls a second time people say well you have a purple finger you've already voted get out of here if we could just rise to the level of how they vote with certain third world countries that would be an improvement over what we have now which I think is a sub third world level um, voting system in the United States of America today
0: yeah thank you for laying out so much of that and as a matter of fact it was only about a week ago that I learned that last year the Attorney General in Texas did charge a, uh, a woman, I believe, Rachel Rodriguez, with uh, 26 counts of vote harvesting in the 2020 election. And she faces potentially 20 years in jail. And I saw that information on the Attorney General of Texas's website, that's a .gov website. And, um, and this woman was in the Dinesh D'Souza documentary which incidentally I reviewed and I was really cautious in my review of it. I, 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 I kind of regret how cautious I was because I thought that they had used a lot of effects and music and actors for playing out some of the scenes. And I, what I kept on saying is I hope that they have a parallel legal project, which just deals with the evidence. And I think I was a little too skeptical because then I learned afterwards about um, the, the fraud that had taken place. And then, and then on July, uh, June 3rd of 2020, last month, the Cyber uh, Security and Infrastructure Agency, known as CISA, released a, an advisory that the Dominion voting systems basically are crap. And they, uh, it's on their website. Anybody can find it by doing a search for CISA advisory, Dominion Voting Systems, and they issued a one-page press release advisory that the Dominion Voting Systems, and we say systems because apparently the machines are different and may have a different manufacturer than the system, the software that's put in the machine. So they issued a one-page. Um, press release saying Dominion voting machines are vulnerable and then they released a six-page advisory listing the specific vulnerabilities and so I really had to you know it's gone beyond talk that there was voter fraud remember we were all sold on the line the most secure election in history which um, was actually a statement, I believe, made by Michael Krebs, who was uh, the head of CISA in 2020. And so, yeah, people are are learning about these things, discovering these things. And so, let's let's unless you want to say anything more about that, it is it is fascinating that what happened in the presidential election. And I believe more information is coming out for those who are interested. But uh, now we have something, yeah. Leave.
1: Yeah, I would just add that, uh, you know, people in the uh, defenders of Joe Biden, Democrats, people on the left, repeatedly say there's no evidence of vote fraud in, in the 2020 election, no evidence of vote fraud. And then you present the evidence, they still, still say there's no evidence. So that there is evidence. They refuse to look at the evidence. They refuse to consider the evidence. They just scream no evidence. Now, you can make the argument that there's not sufficient evidence to have changed the outcome of the election, maybe perhaps, but to say that this was the most pristine election with no questions, uh, this was the platonic form of elections, this is what the left wants us to believe, even though there are very serious questions, there are irregularities, there's, there's certain, many things that went wrong. At a bare minimum, you've got the secretaries of state and judges and mayors and other people who changed the rules of the election, in one case in Pennsylvania, literally on Monday night before the election at 8. 40 p.m. the Secretary of State was making changes as to which ballots could be accepted, how late after the polls close, etc. Uh, this was literally four hours before Election Day. Four hours before Election Day, the rules were being changed, not by the state legislature, which the U.S. Constitution gives exclusive power to change election rules, but by the Secretary of State who did not have that power to do so. Now, that is completely inappropriate. At a bare minimum, that kind of thing was going on. But the left just screams no evidence. They cover their ears. They refuse to look at the evidence. And so that's where we are. So I think there is evidence. We ought to look at it. And again, it may prove that Joe Biden stole the election. It may prove that Joe Biden won fair and square. But we're grown adults. We're citizens of this country. And we should be open-minded, and mature enough to look at the evidence and determine whether, uh, A, anything went wrong, B, did it go wrong enough to change the election, and see what what can we learn from what took place and make the situation better. And instead you have people who don't even want to go through that exercise. They cover their ears, they run, and they refuse to look at any of this that's that's gone on. And if you bring it up, you are crazy, a a quote-unquote conspiracy theorist, a fascist, or maybe a racist. So uh, it's a shame we're in that situation where we grown adults in America can't even look critically at our election systems and try to make them better, independent of whether or not you think uh, the last election got stolen or not.
0: Yeah, I personally have felt that and some rejection by some of my closest uh,
1: people in my
0: life and it's made me wonder um some people offer up a uh, a kind of psychology explanation that it could be something called cognitive dissonance. Yes, where that's right. just people have a hard time uh, correlating new information with um, beliefs that they are really deeply ingrained with, with deep convictions, and that new information, yeah, and and then if it even worse than that, that it's a kind of tool of cruelty being used by some very unhappy people against others. Mm-hmm. So it seems amazing to me that people um, are are so uh, locked in not looking at potential new information that really uh, would help them as well Mm -hmm. yeah and so right here in new york in new york state there are our municipal elections so for the moment we're not talking about the presidential elections and i think we're not talking about maybe elections for the governor or state elections we're talking about municipal elections correct okay and that might be council members Assembly persons Mm -hmm. and our mayor and probably some other local officials who come in during uh uh, for those positions. I'm not sure whether it's comptroller or types of these types of positions, but
1: under 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 chapter 46, a it would cover. Uh, municipal elections just in New York City, so it would not apply to Utica, Syracuse, anything like that, just municipal elections in New York City. This would include the mayor, the city council, uh, borough presidents, uh, local district district attorney, I guess, I guess also local ballot measures if we had a, a local referendum or something like that. So just just apply within the five boroughs of New York City.
0: Uh-huh. And, uh, December ninth so of last the- year,
1: that was passed. And this would let foreign citizens... Uh, vote in the uh, for those local elections okay and, and so they've, they've
0: already passed it and now you're part of a lawsuit working together you had mentioned with the public I'm sorry I keep on getting I, I want to say public integrity
1: but it's um, uh, it's it, public interest legal foundation and right. left, pursues integrity but it's public interest legal foundation
0: okay thank you uh-huh. so they have got this lawsuit started and it, it seeks to to um, end or revoke or repeal um, the Chapter Six resolution, which could go into effect of January 2023, allowing foreign citizens to be able to vote in our municipal elections. Have I gotten pretty close to it?
1: Yes, that that's correct. Uh, chapter 46A would let foreign citizens vote in local elections. And might, I might add, uh, these are uh, Foreign citizens. It could be people who just got green uh, got uh, green cards. This could include people who ran across the border, uh, got one of Joe Biden's uh, free bus tickets or free free plane tickets, and then moved to New York City. And just 30 days later, they don't have to be here for years. 30 days later, they could be voting in local elections. So, if we have an election in uh, let's say uh, June 2023, if this measure remains on the books, you could run across the border. Uh, approximately May 1st. Get yourself up to New York, New York City by, let's say, May 2nd or 3rd, and you could be voting in the election in New York City in June of 2023, a month later, after 30 days, believe it or not. That's how screwed up this entire thing is.
0: Right. <clears throat> okay. So um, I have read and uh, that it violates our own New York state
1: constitution. Am I close in saying that? Uh, you are correct about that. Uh, the New York Constitution very clearly says that uh, that citizens are allowed to vote. Strictly citizens. It doesn't say anything about uh, people from overseas, people with green cards. It is quote, every citizen, unquote, who is at least age 18 and a resident of New York State for 30 days uh, has a right to vote in elections in New York State. And so this is a direct unconstitutional violation uh, of the uh, of the New York State Constitution. In fact, there was another case uh, that sued on this suit against this Chapter 46A on that basis, and in fact a judge threw out the law on that basis that it, it violates the New York State Constitution. Uh, despite that, our lawsuit continues because that decision uh, on the constitutionality could be reversed at any point. Uh, the New York State Court of Appeals could reverse that decision, so we're proceeding with our. Uh, litigation, which argues it from a totally different perspective, not on the constitutionality of the state, but in fact of how this measure violates the United States Constitution, specifically the 15th Amendment. And the 15th Amendment very simply says that uh, no uh, voting law will be constitutional if it uh, got based on the basis, if it's based on uh, racial, uh, racial means. I'll quote the uh, passage of the Constitution, uh, 15, 15th Amendment was passed in uh, 1870, or adopted in 1870. It says as follows, quote, the right of citizens of the United States to vote shall not be not denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of race, color, or previous condition of servitude, unquote. And the problem here is that when the New York City Council deliberated on Chapter 46A, they spent a lot of time talking about why this made sense from their perspective. Uh, on the basis of race. For example, we had the majority leader, leader of the Democrats and city council, Lori Cumbo. Uh, she said that this particular legislation is going to shift the power dynamics in New York City in a major way, and we do not have the numbers or the information to know how it is going to impact African-American communities. And then she made this amazing comment, which is deeply tribalistic. She said, quote, we're all here to support our ethnic groups, and we're all here to make sure that we all win. That sounds like kind of common here in Rwanda, or somewhere else where you've got these deep tribal differences, which unfortunately in that country led to genocide. Uh, then we had a city councilman named Antonio Reynoso, and he said, quote, the sea of mostly white men that have stood up against this bill at this moment in an effort to preserve their power and influence, unquote. So he's complaining about white men having too much influence in the city. Uh, another councilman by the name of Idanis Rodriguez said, quote, the city has changed the color of the skin of the people coming to the city, then we change who will be voting in this city, unquote. Uh, and then Rodriguez switched into Spanish and declared that this uh, Chapter 46A would increase the political clout of New Yorkers of Hispanic and Asian heritage, unquote. So when the city council engaged in that, those very, very deeply, deeply racist arguments for passing this legislation, they completely violated the, the uh, text, the spirit, and the, uh, the black and white, or the black law of... Uh, 15th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, and uh, we're suing on that basis and seeking to have this this law thrown out on the basis it violates the United States Constitution's 15th Amendment. I
0: think it sounds like a a really good lawsuit for people to follow and educate themselves on their opinions one way or the other. What stage is this lawsuit at right now? Do you know where the phase or stage that it's at?
1: I believe the stage is that... um, it's been presented in court. It, uh, it, the papers paperwork's been presented in court. Uh, there's been a response from the uh, City Board of Elections, and I believe that it is uh, to be uh, the next step is a court date in uh, the uh, New York, uh, uh, New York, we call it Supreme Court. Our Supreme Court is actually uh, inferior to the Pe- appeals court, which is higher level, so, so we call our trial court Supreme Court. And I believe that will take place in Staten Island uh, sometime later in July. I think it's July twenty 528, somewhere, somewhere in that vicinity. Right. I forget the exact date and sometime later in July, I believe it is.
0: So this also really should make people think about the value of citizenship and what it means to be a citizen and that this doesn't deny immigrants the right to vote as long as they've applied for citizenship and had the time here, uh, either worked here or lived here, and maybe not just arrived fresh with uh, a, um, an idea to maybe overturn some of the traditions or customs or laws that we have here. Um, it opens up quite a lot of questions.
1: Well, it does. And, and who knows? these foreign citizens, um, their view may be they love America. They want America to be just as it is. They don't want to change anything about it. And if they want to vote that way, that's fine. I, I, I welcome people who are born overseas voting on our elections as long as they do one thing, and that is become American citizens. My mother and father vote in the elections in California where they live. Uh, they are born in Costa Rica. And guess what? They got naturalized. They're now American citizens. They have American passports, and they now vote in American elections. And that's Uh, that's how it should work. So if you're born overseas and you want to vote in municipal elections in New York City, that's great. Uh, We ask one thing, which is you become American citizens. And once you've done that, then great. You can vote in our elections. And that's not too much to ask. That is not a racist measure. That is expecting what we've expected from people all around the country, which is if you're born overseas and you want to vote, that's marvelous. Uh, We welcome that. You just need to become an American citizen like the rest of us. And then you're perfectly free to vote in as many elections as you wish. Uh, And the idea that people are going to come across the border uh, as citizens of another country or other countries, and then 30 days after they get here be voting in our elections, I think is ridiculous, absurd, appalling. And the fact that this law is based on racial measures, racial means, racial uh, uh, rationales, makes it a violation of the U.S. Constitution's 15th Amendment, and therefore this thing ought to be thrown out on the basis of the U.S. Constitution in addition to being a violation of the state constitution, which requires that uh, quote, every citizen, unquote, uh, be those who be allowed to vote. And if you're a citizen of a country other than the United States and and not a citizen of New York State, then uh, you're welcome to work here. You can eat in our restaurants, hang out in our bars, go visit our theaters and, and museums and whatever else, but no, you can't vote in this country, you can't vote in this city until you're an American citizen. Not too much to ask. Wow, wow, so I hope everybody listening here is going
0: to think about and follow this lawsuit and think about their own feelings about what it means to be a citizen and uh, and the difference of somebody who is just arriving here and how they might have a different uh, a different influence on how our government works and and how the money's spent by government, which belongs to the people
1: and that 's a big part of voting is trying to figure out. Uh putting in uh, people and voting for measures that uh, will control uh, the public purse. And uh, I happen to be a fiscal conservative. I like to see the government do less at at a lower cost. Of course, there are people who differ. They want to see the government do a lot of things at greater expense, and they certainly have the right to express themselves at the polls, but uh, not until they are either uh, people who become naturalized citizens or they're born here and they're already American citizens. Uh, That's how we've done it for The better part of uh, 226 years, if I'm adding it correctly, and that's how we should continue to do so today.
0: Wow. I'm going to thank you again, DeRoy. Thank you very much, and I hope people will take the time to look at the articles you've written on this and by doing a search and following,
1: following you, DeRoy Murdoch. Great. And uh, let me add one more thing, if I yeah. could, and that is uh, if people want to uh, take a close look at this uh, lawsuit, uh, read the filings and uh, all the uh, legal documents, etc., uh, they can take a look at publicinterestlegal.org, and that's publicinterestlegal.org, and that is the website of the Public Interest Legal Foundation, and you uh, should be able to find um, as much background on that as they wish. Uh, I also have written about this. If you Google DeRoy Murdoch, uh, Foreign Citizen Voting, You'll find a couple of articles by yours truly at the New York Post and also the um, uh, foxnews.com. Both those websites have articles. I've written on on this foreign citizen voting in general and on our our lawsuit in particular.
0: You know, sometimes when we're listening to a program, um, it just goes by so quickly do you think I could just we tell people just to find a pen or just to listen carefully? Could you repeat where they might find the information on the websites
1: and also your own writing on it just one Absol- more time for people? Absolutely. Sure. Uh, it's the Public Interest Legal Foundation, and uh, the website is publicinterestlegal.org. That's publicinterestlegal.org. And the articles I've written are at foxnews.com and also the New York Post uh, website, newyorkpost.com and fnc.com. Uh, uh, both of those uh, websites have uh, articles I've written by yours truly Deroy Roy Murdoch on the uh, complete menace and idiocy and absurdity of having foreign citizens vote in municipal elections in New York City. And if our uh, lawsuit prevails, this will be a, a dumb idea that uh, got voted on and never actually had a chance to uh, chance to go into effect. And if all goes well, we will uh, strangle it in its crib before it uh, has a chance to crawl.
0: Right, right. Thank you very much again. Look forward to talking to you and we'll be sure to follow this. Thank you very much. Okay. And
1: thank you very much. Thanks for having me on.